Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross it is May 10th. And as we are here live on fightful.com, it is 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Yes! What has happened here? Oh, my God. A 9.30. Not not to mention, this is about 10 minutes after the show ended. Unbelievable. We're here to talk WWE Money in the Bank. A, a crisp two-hour, 20-minute-ish pay-per-view. And then, you know, maybe the, the, the kickoff show and all that. But... Anyway, I'm Sean Rossap. I am joined by Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Jeff, how you doing? Doing okay. Sean, let me let me pose a question to you. Do you think that they're trying to counter program ESPN by putting that uh, Undertaker thing and then they cut this by an hour and then they're hoping that people stick around for it? I'm sure they hope people are sticking around for it. I don't think they're counter programming for that because they put theirs on at ten in the morning. They're That's they're true. releasing all these at ten AM. And I think they know that if they stick around too long after 9 p.m., people, people are hitting the bricks. <laughs> people are hitting the bricks. 15 million people watching The Last Dance. Yeah. Let me tell you, the main reason I'm excited that this show ended early is so I can watch The Last Dance. Yeah, going to that, since Last Dance is pretty much the only original programming of sports variety up until UFC yeah. and the WWE during this time, are, are we going to look back on this time as a blown opportunity by both them and AEW to really hook in a captive audience? No, you couldn't compete with Horace Grant. You cannot compete. <laughs> no, with I, don't, the I don't mean I don't mean head to head against the show. I just mean yeah. in general for wrestling. Are they going to look back on this and go, "Man, we were the only thing running live this whole time, and we couldn't get anybody"? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, and they punted on a lot of this stuff. There was no star power on Raw for a full month after WrestleMania, and that's that ain't good. But uh, I'll tell you what is good, guys. You all send in super chats. If you do so during this show, you'll get your question or statement read on the air. 
But if you want to ask as many questions as you feel like, up to 10 a week, I do a Q&A show on FightfulSelect.com. That is our premium site. That's the most direct way to support us. And when you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, you'll get stuff like John Moxley's thoughts on WrestleMania. I had some Nick's Intercontinental title plans. I had a hilarious Vince McMahon, Rob Gronkowski story up today. Uh, worth going out of your way to check out. It is amazing how crazy Vince McMahon is. It is it is fantastic. When I got that story and then I had other wrestlers after I published it who subscribed say, oh no, there's more to this story even. And they supplanted that. Oh my God, I can't, I can't wait for the world to uh, read that story. So FightfulSelect.com, that's a great way to support us. But if you don't want to do that, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications, even leave a nice iTunes review. That stuff really helps. But, oh man, money in the bank. Like I said, the pace was crisp. I, I rather enjoyed it. Uh, Jeff Hardy defeated Cesaro to kick things off. He is still very much getting his legs underneath him, he being Jeff Hardy. Uh, they brought him back briefly, but took him off TV. And Cesaro is the guy you want him in the ring with there. Oh, yeah. You want the veteran. It's funny, though. Just when guys hit this age and how much WWE just wants them to go in there and do what they usually do. And they never really get to evolve. And it's like Corey, I think, was the one who said at some point, you know, he just doesn't look like he's ever lost a step. I go because he's doing the same things he's been doing for 20 years. But yeah, no, I thought this uh I thought this actually overdelivered. It was longer than I thought it was going to be to be honest with you. And I thought they might pull in Sheamus to continue that thing, but it was nice to see Hardy get a clean win, albeit against Cesaro. Yeah, that's the thing. And I'm like, "Damn, why can't they give Drew Gulak and Cesaro some time like this?" But uh Cesaro catches Hardy, throws him into the barricade and works over Hardy for a while. Scary spot though when Hardy lands on Cesaro's knee after a whisper in the wind. But Cesaro is really smart, and I think he knows when something looks bad like that. So he was selling the knee after that. Then, about a minute later, worked it off and was going 100 miles an hour again. So I was like, that son of a bitch, man. There's a lot of wrestling. It also played into later in the match, yes, too, where, where he hit the steps. And it did. I was like, man, that's some good continuity right there. Just calling that on the fly, hopefully, I think. And WWE wrestlers, specifically guys like Cesaro and, and Daniel Bryan, are really good at, at integrating that on the fly into their matches. And I thought this was, was no different. A twist of fate doesn't get the win. Cesaro does a gut-wrench superplex that looks awesome. And then Jeff Hardy wins with the Swanton. I thought this was fine. Yeah. It, per, you know, I, I don't know how much is in this Hardy build because at promo on Friday, you know, that, that was kind of shaky. But, um, you know, it, it, he's getting the Ray treatment on SmackDown. He, he is SmackDown's Ray Mysterio right now. Yeah, that's. I think it's a good way to put it. He is. He he is, and unfortunately, I don't think he can go in the ring like Rey Mysterio. No. But he, you could do a lot worse than him. Uh, Hannah Moore sends a super chat and says, Jeff Hawkins! Rock. <laughs> I hope that she looks at you and says, Unity! Right after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rick James! <laughs> SmackDown tag team title match. This was a good one, and... Lucha House Party have been getting a lot of offensive shine of late. 
Lindsay, like, as I glance at the TV, like, I'm pulling out my notes. I'm like, oh, Juventud Guerrero's in the ring. And then I'm like, wait a second. Or it was uh, Grand Metalik, rather, going without the, without the, ma- without the hair-covered mask. And I was like, man, I, I kind of like it. Fake hair. Right? Fake hair. That's what? what I was told. Because I was like, how does he fit that under his real mask? I'm like, it's fake, bro. It's like, okay, poke- fine. It's poking out all the time. Yeah, it is, but it's not that bad. I mean, it's like the psychosis mask, if you've, if you've seen that or, you know. I haven't. Uh, well, his was fake hair? Some of it was, I think. How are you mixing fake and real hair? Uh, I'll go to your point. Um, I thought the eight-man tag, I thought the Lucha House Party looked better than they had in a year and a half yes. in that match. And it was a shame that they made them take the fall there and here tonight because I'm like, look at them, man. They are going. And I was loving that eight-man tag on SmackDown. And I even I, – I really liked this for, for, for you know, for the – four-way schmoz that it kind of was um but yeah I, I thought the lucha house party over delivered on on both nights Anakin jmt says how could vince not like tag team wrestling after that title match is beyond me yeah it's it's such easy programming to put on your show and it's exciting and you can 50 the 50 the shit out of people and still protect people it's a very unique uh unique division I've been asking that question since he had the Bulldogs and the Killer Bees and the Heart yeah. Foundation on top who were who were bringing in houses as the B tour for WWF. So, you know, he just he just views it as too much money to push on two people when you can spend it on one. Speaking of bringing in houses, I spoke to Kevin Thorne, who now sells houses, and he told me about a conversation he had with Vince back when he and Tomco were coming up, and he thought, okay, a couple big, muscle-bound, badass dudes will be brought in as a tag team. Makes a lot of sense. We're doing really well together. Vince said, come up with something else. I don't want tag teams. Literally said that to him. That's how he got Mordecai. Does not shock me. Yeah. So we see a super Spanish fly on the pile of everybody. Uh, Lince does a beautiful dragon rana. Morrison does a good kick. Kofi was having trouble early on. Like, there were a couple spots where he didn't quite get the ups that he needed. But he does that super mushroom stomp, which I was waiting for for Cole to go, Oh, a doomsday device! Because he calls everything (laughs) that happens on somebody's shoulder a doomsday device. But then we get into the finish of the match. Uh, Skull-crushing finale on Cutler. Morrison does Starship Pain on Big E. Lucha House Party were killing it. Metalik does an outside-in Super Frankensteiner, and I saw a lot of people that complained about the Jackson-Riker spot. I saw a lot of people, Jeff, that said, well, why wouldn't he get involved? It's no DQ. I agree with that. And I also saw people say, why is he getting ejected if it's no DQ? The ref can still eject him. Yeah, I'm... I am not a fan of the no DQ rule. I think you should just be able to throw a team out of there and yeah. just continue it as a three way. If they if they really wanted to harp on story and continuity and things like that, but they don't care. So it, it's just a point to get Jackson Riker involved and do the "you're out of here" and everybody goes, "No, that's so unfair! How could you do that to us?" And then you know, move on with some sort of multi person spot there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Biggie wins with the big ending. This was fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it and. SmackDown's tag team division a couple months ago looked a whole lot different. 
looked a whole lot different. You had AOP around, you had Rude and Ziggler, now Rude's nowhere to be found. Uh, the Revival were still there, they ain't there anymore. Uh, you had uh, any number of people that were, were around. and they, The they Usos were, are on the shelf now? Usos are on the shelf, Hawkins and Ryder got fired. There's a lot of teams that are down, so... When Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne are winning matches on TV, it's like, well, they got to restock. They got to restock somehow. Yeah, but they're not restocking with with nope. Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink for long because no. Vince has eyes for Brandon Vink. Mm-hmm. He's dreamy to Vince. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, there, there's a lot of lot of stuff like that, but the blue brand doing all right. But if you want to do all right because of the blue brand, get your penis extra hard. With BlueChew.com. That's right. BlueChew.com gives you the excellent sexual performance that you've always desired. Whether you're starting in the basement, climbing that ladder, (laughs) reaching, grasping, you let that performance slip right through your fingers. Maybe you even jumped the shark trying to make it work. You're just not in the same place sexually, physically with your partner. Or maybe you just want to be there more so. Maybe you're trying to do it on a catering table or up against a pop machine. Maybe in the boardroom. I don't know where you all want to do it. I don't know. But Blue Chew helps you get it done. Prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. Uh, it's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians. Do not be going to the doctor or the pharmacy to get to increase your sexual performance in this environment. Don't do it. Don't do it in any environment. Because you can do it at BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But as I mentioned, you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. You're too busy climbing to the roof of your home to have good sex to get to the doctor or the pharmacy anyway. So, I mean, you know, I'm not here to judge. If you're having 12 people over, that doesn't follow any guidelines that I'm aware of right now in the States. But, hey, I'm not here to police you. I'm here to encourage you. Got a lot of people to to outperform in that type of situation, Jeff. And BlueChew.com, with that code FIGHTFUL, can help get it done. And you get your first shipment free when you use the code FIGHTFUL. Free, Jeff. A lot of people in that Earl Thomas Airbnb. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. The risk is worth the reward is what you're saying. Yes, I'm saying that, well, you don't want to risk having a limp penis because there's no reward that comes from that. No. In fact, there's nothing that comes from a limp penis besides <laughs> disappointment, dissatisfaction. Reminder, guys, donate a Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Osmosis Miller says, this show was fun to watch. Keep up the great work. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate that. We're going to read these as they, as like whatever you all say, we're going to read them as it comes up to that particular segment. But um, really appreciate you all doing that. GJ Cass said, (laughs) a pay-per-view ended at 9.30. Love Jeff Hawkins. Jeff's on the West Coast. It's like, what, 6.45 over there right now? Yes, it is. Magical, magical. But I work East Coast hours, so I'm thankful for it being done early. Sure. R-Truth comes out. He's got a match with MVP, but then he doesn't. MVP talks a little bit of trash, and Bobby Lashley comes out and gives him the night off. What do you think of this? I don't mind this. This is uh, 
this is a wrestling trope. Sometimes you'd have like a, a match and a guy would come out, pay off the guy in the ring, take the match over. I don't have a problem with this. And Bobby Lashley seems like he's getting somewhat of a push. He he won three matches on Raw. He won tonight. They got to build him back up. They got to build him back up. And I wouldn't hate it if they were building him back up for maybe a SummerSlam match with uh, Brock Lesnar. Okay, so you're building him back up as a babyface then? Just as anybody. I just build it okay. up as two big sirloin beef sons of bitches. That's what I'd do. Any any thoughts on that? I'd love to see that match if, if Lashley could go at, at a rate, you know, that, you know, because it's going to mostly be him getting thrown around by for a while. But, um, you know, I'm, I think we've seen, I'd like to see something completely different out of Bobby Lashley than we've seen in the W since he's returned here, because like when he was in TNA, they were trying things with him and then he was yes. cool and kind of interesting here. He's the same guy he's always been, except he just has a second, you know, that he can interplay with be it Leo rush or Lana. He so, knew he was the baddest dude in the room in yeah. TNA and he had the creative freedom to go out and act like that. And now I want him to be the baddest dude in the room as opposed to throwing tires around. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, he squashed R-Truth. I'm fine with this. R-Truth's still getting it done. Uh, I appreciate that. And then later, he says, MVP's lost a lot of weight, which is confusing because <laughs> MVP is much smaller than, yes. than Lashley. And he says he's lonely and he wants his baby back, the 24-7 title, and then calls out Tom Brady, which was... The thing to do. Yeah, I, I admired our truest comedy tonight, especially the, oh, good, I get a night off. I'll see you later. I thought that was a, yes. you know, it's it's a dumb comedy character, but, you know, there there are moments where, where I'm endeared by him. And, yes, I, I want to see spring training or not spring training, but, you know, summer OTAs or something like that in our truth trying to get his belt back on, from the Buccaneers. And maybe Bruce Arians pins him at some point, too. Yeah, well, Bruce Arians has even joked about it, too. Yeah. And, and I love that. I, I think this is cool. Sure, I, I I love that he called out Tom Brady. That was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> Jason Check says, hi, SRS and Jeff. Uh, bunch of post-pay-per-view MVPs. Keep up the great work. Hey, thank you so much. But um, <laughs> we also have Anakin JMT saying, great show tonight. No match was a stinker. Ladder match was so much fun. I can't wait till we get into that because... I thought that match was going to go... I thought it was going to go an hour. I actually thought they might make a mistake and start it at the beginning of the pay-per-view and then do cut-ins here and there. We take you now live to Titan Towers where they're on the third floor, you know, and it's during, like, the Cesaro-Jeff Hardy match or, yes. or, you know, whatever, some other match on the card. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't do that. I am yeah. so glad they didn't do that. The way that they did it was, was just... So much, so much uh, better, so much it, it built to this. I mean, this was the only thing that really had a ton of juice put into it ahead of this. I mean, you had some other stuff, but it wasn't too strong. But let's go ahead and get into some of that other stuff. Bailey defeated Tamina in what was probably Tamina's best match ever. This is your girl, Aunt Pam, working her ass off. Being great at what she does. Now, I'm, Tamina did fine. She did fine. Mm -hmm. But Bailey is rocking this shit here. Like, she she is accentuating the positives, hiding the negatives, 
the spot where Bailey threw water in Tamina's face and Tamina bounces Bailey off the ropes outside. Yes. I love that. I loved that. I love the way that Bailey just threw herself all around the place for Tamina and made her look like a million bucks. And look, I know a lot of people shade Tamina on the internet. She's 42 years old and she's doing this, you know, she's keeping up the pace. So I, I don't have a lot of negative to say about Tamina other than the end of the match where it was obvious she needed to be in the ring a couple seconds earlier to grab Sasha's yeah. boot to keep her out. But this is Bailey's best heel performance to date. She she had about a month and a half where she just wasn't getting it on the stick and it was kind of weird. And then Sasha went away for a while and she was kind of lost. But but the pairing between Bailey and Sasha is is absolutely phenomenal and i absolutely love the cheering and booing yeah. during the introductions i love this ongoing joke slash feud between michael cole's commentary oh, and so bailey yelling at michael cole during the match because because of course if she can hear you she should be able to respond occasionally there's a supercut somewhere of her just yelling at michael cole and it's fantastic there were a couple UFC a fighters on UFC 249. I don't know if you heard about this, but Carla Esparza and somebody else said that they won their fights because they heard what Daniel Cormier was saying on commentary and adjusted their their in-cage performance accordingly. Because Yeah, like Carla Esparza said that she that, that Cormier was like she's not varying things up very much. She needs to mix in Punches, kicks, and takedowns, and she was mad at first, and she's like, wait, he's right. And she did it, then she won. Yeah, well, those scorecards were all over the place, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so was, but let me bring this. I think I think they're moving towards Sasha being the heel in this Sasha-Bailey split, and I think that's a mistake. Me too. I think they need to reverse those roles. I think, I think Bailey's finally got it down. She can cut a few heated promos, and what you do is you make this the opposite of Brooklyn, almost. Where, where Sasha yes. has been beaten down. Maybe she loses a couple matches in the next few months or so and needs to find her championship swagger. And then there's Bailey just being the cocky Sasha type from NXT, who's always been the foil. Because also, let's let's face it, Bailey is the most underappreciated women's champ other than maybe the yeah. tag belts in this company, and she doesn't have a lot of people with which she can have four-star matches, five-star matches with in the SmackDown women's division because they've taken the Kabuki Warriors and they've put them on Raw. You know, she deserves to have a good match in there while, you know, while Becky and Charlotte get to have the more high-profile, better matches. I think I think Bailey over this year, has been the workhorse. She's made everybody look good in the division. Let's give her a superstar match, and, and a, even if she loses the belt in it, Let's build a good program between her and Sasha and uh, and let them go at it. I thought they might do that at SummerSlam because it was in Boston. But now that that's been canceled, you know, who knows? That's the running joke, right? Yeah. They're building towards SummerSlam. Let me just tell you guys, they're never, they're never <laughs> building to SummerSlam. Man, I can't wait for Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, it'll make so much sense. They're in Brooklyn. Oh, it'll make so much sense. Yeah. They had that yeah. tag title run and Sasha's coming back. Oh, it'll make so much sense. Oh, oh you fools. It's you in fools. Boston. <laughs> I, and, and I'm laughing because I'm sad and frustrated, not yes. because I'm happy. 
Yeah, because... it's, it's not it's not that we're clowning on anybody. It's the things that yes. we've been saying over the years. years. It's like this is perfect. This is the spot to do it. And you know, maybe Charlotte or like Sasha will get hurt or something, and we'll just go, ah, oh, damn it. Speaking of cheap plug time, my interview with Leo Rush dropped yesterday. We're gonna have a ton of articles on it, but uh, that's up. My interview with John Moxley drops this week. I have one with Dana Brooke that was last week. I had one with AJ Gray a couple weeks ago. I had Mikey Whipwreck talking about Virgil burying him to Hogan, for the love of God. Yeah, I got the Blue Meanie this week. I got Just Incredible a couple weeks ago. Head over to FightfulWrestling.com. Click that exclusives tab. You're going to find a bunch of interviews over there. Uh, RJ City for 51 minutes. If If you're a masochist, that'd be a great interview for you. But uh, check that out. Leo Rush, <laughs> I, I, I asked him, hey, yeah, I wish I, they would have had a thing where Elias busted a guitar over Lashley's ass. And he said, oh, they were going to. And I was <laughs> like, damn it! The one thing I asked for from all the, the ass posing, and they didn't get to do it. But apparently people were getting hurt with the guitar. And I just looked back at that and I'm like, man, one of two things could have happened and both would have been great. Either Lashley would have gotten his ass hit with a guitar and worn bandages all across his ass for weeks, or he would have just no-sold it, and nothing would have happened. Or you or you get the comedy segment of them taking the splinters out. Oh, it would have been amazing. Yeah. And Leo Rush, like, <laughs> come on, Bobby! Get those splinters out of your ass! <laughs> oh, God. They, they blew it with that guy, because he really turned things around. Check out that interview, 40-plus minutes you guys it's really good so bailey wins this match with a crucifix tamina rolls through tries to do a samoan drop but sasha chop blocks her those 42 year old knees couldn't take it <laughs> i i know the, the other spot it looks like it looks like bailey finally has like the heel comedy spot the uh when she when she was trying to do she, she had tamina on the shoulders and she just does the forward flop yeah i howled at that i absolutely howled at that that's such a such a flare type thing. <laughs> Anakin JMT says, any idea what the live tag was gone during Strowman and Bray? Because it wasn't live. It wasn't live. And it was a dead giveaway that some stuff was going to happen. So I'm sitting here wondering, Jeff, why? Why even put live up there? Why take it away? Here's the thing, guys. We don't care that much. I'm very confused. They don't owe that to anybody to have live on the screen. No, but I do think there are broadcast regulations where you can't say that you're live if you're not. Then why say it at all? I'm, you've stumped our panel, Sean. Of I don't course. <laughs> now, Braun Strowman defeated Bray Wyatt. I loved this match until the weird stuff at the end. Until the puppets? Well, the puppets popping up at ringside, I'm like, whatever. But then when when the sh- when all of them started to show up, I was like, yeah. okay. Because uh, Bray is such a contrast from The Fiend, and I like that. And Bray in the ring here, I thought he was real good. Like, throwing out tornado DDTs and stuff. Jesus, <laughs> where, where was that? It's like, a, it's like he's playing WCW Thunder on PlayStation 1, and everybody has the same moveset. It's like they can't do that move. Why is he doing that move? But I will give you an archetype for all this stuff. It's very similar to me to the uh, Ultimate Warrior Papa Shango sure. stuff that they're trying to recreate here. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I just, yeah, didn't, you know, I, I figure, you know, when you see Bray come out in the sweater, you go, he's losing this to then do a fiend match and this will continue. So, yeah. And, uh, I don't think it should. I think they constantly book themselves into a corner with the fiend to the point to where they make him not special. I'm okay with Bray always taking the losses, but the fiend should have never taken a loss. Never, ever, ever taken a loss. He should be final boss ass kicker. If you wanted to get the title off of Bray on Bill Goldberg, throw Bray out there in his sweater. And I'm completely fine with it. Well, not really. I think it's still a stupid idea, but eh, whatever. But I I really enjoyed the work that was going on here. Bray sidestepping Braun, send him over the table. The DDTs that Bray hit, the sister Abigail. Braun using the choke slam. I love it because he is a big, monstrous son of a bitch. Then he pops up with that sheet mask. Ah, <laughs> this is so weird. Bray's like, everything will be perfect this time. And they embrace, and the ref's like, what the, what are you all doing? The ref didn't understand it, and I didn't either. And then Braun wins with a power slam. So I'm like, why didn't he just power slam, dude? Eric Rowan's at home going, did I miss my cue? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this was weird, Jeff. They didn't need this. No, but this is this is the the entertainment part of the wrestling. We don't want to do straight wrestling, Sean Ross. We want to do, for lack of a better term, movies. But like the the entire the puppets chant. I get what they're trying to do with the whole split thing, and I told the fiend then, voice that I could bring you in without him getting involved. Then make this cinematic too. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if you're gonna go hardcore into the cinematic stuff, go into it. It's not like they have a live... What, did they have to entertain the puppets at ringside? The literal puppets at ringside? You don't... Yes. They, risk their, they risk their health to be there, Jeff, so you got to give them a show. You know, I wanted them throughout the entire show, like the AEW wrestlers on either <laughs> side, and they're just cheering and booing who they want. You know, you have Rascally Rabbit or Ramblin' Rabbit cheering for Bailey. It'll be great. They need a Chris Harrington puppet out there. <laughs> and without the hat, yes. Well, he's a heel with the hat. Let's be no, real. No, he's a heel without the hat. Okay, fair. Face Mookie has the hat. Yes. Credit to him when I got my terrible haircut at AEW. He brought me a beanie to wear so I wasn't running around <laughs> with the same haircut as Aunt Pam all night. Right. But um, this That'd match. Be interesting. I need if, a Photoshop of that. I need a Photoshop of Sean Ross app with Aunt Pam's hair. I have some pictures of the haircut. I have okay. some pictures of it and I might <laughs> post it. Maybe at FightfulSelect.com. We'll see about that. But uh, if if all this would have happened even after the match, if Braun power slammed Bray, and then, like, I don't know, if even if he pulled out the mask after that and then did this, it'd be much better to me. But in a world championship match where a guy did hit you with his finish and all that stuff, I'm like, that's so weird and ugh storytelling and and both braun and drew have been performing fantastically digitally since winning the titles on wb's youtube channel they're doing real good numbers drew especially is doing really good numbers which leads us to this match he had with seth rollins wb championship who boy uh i liked this jeff did you yes i did did you i i liked it i didn't love it i i thought you know, the ending is such a, you know, finisher, finisher pin. Yeah, sure. 
you know, I'll take that. I just, it was, there was something about it. And I think it was probably just the beginning where all Seth was kind of doing was dives outside. And I was kind of like going, okay, this is okay. But overall, I mean, it, it lacked heat, I think to me a little bit, but if you loved it, go into it, please. Cause you can make the case for me. Well, Rollins has new music and a new entrance. And I think that's, that's needed. Any thoughts on, on the, the adjustment to him? Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, the burn it down is such babyface music that they can't, they can't do that anymore. It's kind of like uh, who else needed a change in their music? That well, Bailey needed a change in her music when she turned heel. So yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, I think that Bailey's music fits Seth Rollins really well right now with the Messiah thing, and you yeah. have kind of the chanting gimmick at the front. But um. Drew starts off really strong, like he whips Seth's ass, but then it gets a little cocky, which I think him as a babyface, it works a little bit. Rollins then attacks the knee, does several suicide dives till he gets belly to belly suplexed. Seth's selling, God, I love it. I yeah, love him just great. screaming, ah! <laughs> it's fantastic. And and some of the more veteran performers are getting that. In the empty arena, they need to make that kind of noise. And I'm really appreciative of that. There's little things like the ref saying, oh, you can't win it by count out. And Seth, not even necessarily doing it to where the camera can hear it, but he's going, shut your mouth as he's (laughs) doing stuff like that. I really like it. Drew did a a spine buster into a jackknife pin, and Rollins uh, does some damage. Can't get him to, can't get the pin. He misses his curb stomp, does his falcon arrow combo, and then we progressively get into the spots. We get into their signature moves a little bit more. The future shock. I loved Rollins taking that spider German suplex out of the corner where he did the full revolution. That made Mm -hmm. Drew McIntyre look like a million bucks. And that's really what this match was about, was putting over Drew McIntyre clean. Uh, McIntyre got curb stomped, kicked out. And then eventually hit his claymore. I love a good, clean finish. I've been screaming this for weeks. Win him in the ring, lose him in the ring. You need you need some clean, just completely wide open championship matches without shenanigans. And I was all for this. And maybe it was because the finish was so clean that I thought it was so great, Jeff. Because we don't usually see that in yeah. anything, much less a title match. Yeah, I was expecting Buddy Murphy to come out at some point, yeah. and he didn't. Um, I liked the kickouts at one. I think those are. I think more people need to kick out at one occasionally. But do you in know WWE, what my you know what my okay. favorite kick out at one was? What? God, I can't even remember who he faced. But it's when Chris Hero had recently. Oh, it's Jack Evans. Oh no, <laughs> is it because Jack Evans and Chris Hero had a match at Bola, no, where no. Jack Evans gets on the stick and goes, "Look." I'm so good, I don't even, I, you won't even be able to kick out at two or whatever, so Chris Hero just keeps kicking out one, 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 one uh, the whole time. I can't remember, it was either Keith Lee or Zack Sabre, I think it might have been Zack Sabre, and it was the weekend of Royal Rumble 17, and Chris Hero had just... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Resigned with WWE. Okay. And it was at Evolve. Me and Matt Riddle were watching this in the crowd. And Chris Hero, to get heat, hits his opponent with a pedigree. Because Triple H just signed him. And I think it was Zack Sabre that kicks out at a one. And I was like, ooh, that's a good one. Which one was 17? Uh, 2017. It was in San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay. Okay. I was thinking Dallas, the matches that he had there. But okay. A fantastic one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the clean finish. I think these two matches for the titles had too many parallels in them. You have the bigger champ going up against the smaller guy heel. Uh, you both stories involved the titles being burdens. That I, mm-hmm. I just I was like they really needed to differentiate these two things. Like, they didn't at it, WrestleMania. Everything yeah, was the same at Mania too. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it worked for Seth, and it didn't work for Bray. That that's the thing is, I think for Seth's kind of passive aggressive, Weasley heel type character, I, I thought that the story worked. But uh, yeah, I'm look. I get that WWE fans are different than wrestling fans in so many ways. So the countdown for the Claymore works for them more than it does me. I just always watch and go. You're announcing you're going to do your finisher. Yeah. run <laughs> Anakin JMT but, said he liked how Drew tried to win without using the claymore because of the leg that was good stuff man that was good that was good I remember transcribing an interview of Drew's when he was in TNA and I was like damn this guy's passionate like you could hear it in his voice on a media car wash man like he was he was so passionate like 10 interviews in thought it was really good and Drew needed this win the handshake what do you make of that I find it. I think it's going to be the start of the split between Buddy and and uh, and Seth. I, I don't think they're keeping one of these guys heel or face long. It's it's very. I, I like it for Drew though. I like I like it the hey hard fought match. I'm going to shake your hand whether you want to or not. Uh, I like that. But uh, to your point, I talked to Drew a little bit when he went to PWG mm-hmm. uh, for Bolin. Just a giant of a man. He's doing somersault. He's doing somersault topes in an American Foreign Legion hall you know, for a bunch of us. And you're just like, God, the moment they see that on, on the main roster, <laughs> people are going to be impressed. But uh, yeah, no, obviously passionate. I liked the handshake spot, though. That, um, that's what I like. I he, he's doing enough new stuff, but there's still stuff you know he can do. And he's saving it for that big moment. Like, you don't see him do that spot all the time. Is the handshake... I'm trying to think if it was... I want to say Nick Bockwinkle. He used to kind of do the gentleman champ type thing. Yeah. Where even if he vanquished a foe, he'd shake his hand. I might be misremembering that, but I like that I as love a touch. It. I yeah. would love that as well. I think that would be good and a little bit different. I, I Rollins was a formidable opponent. So why not? Why not is what I say. Anakin JMT says, surprise we got a Reigns appearance tonight. Was he in a video or something? Like, I, I, I don't know what he's talking about there. 
Anna, had to be one of the things. It might have been for Make-A-Wish or for... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. Anakin says, think we'll ever get a regular Bray match where Fiend shows up. I thought he would tonight. I thought that's what they were yeah. doing with the taped thing. Yeah, I thought, I, yeah, it'd be one of these cinematic matches. And it'd be a little bit like uh, like what they did in the AEW match with, with Matt Hardy, where you know he gets thrown into the ice ice bin and then comes out as a different character. They'll probably do the same thing with Bray and the Fiend at some point. Maurice said, UFC ruled, gutted for Tony. Hopefully he can bounce back and get into contention in a win against McGregor or Poirier. Who wins? Habib versus Justin. Uh, thoughts? Thought on 249 being better than Mania. Uh, the pay-per-view of UFC 249 is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think Tony Ferguson should probably fight Conor McGregor unless McGregor's fighting Masvidal. And I think Habib beats Justin Gaethje. Any any thoughts there? I think Habib put, beats any any of the three that you put in front of him. Yeah, I do. Uh, very unfortunate for Tony Ferguson, but still, hell of a fight. I said last night, it was weird to see him look human with an inhuman reaction to being hit. Yeah, towards that, you know, the end of that fifth round, he's just doing weird things to try and draw attention, making you think he's going to do like these odd angle punches and kicks when, you know, I thought the stoppage was good. Yeah. I don't think it was great. I mean, I, like I thought the... uh Dominic Cruz one was perfectly fine that stoppage as well but for that match I didn't think Gaethje was going to be able to go in there find his range with his jab as much and just make his face into hamburger like that in five rounds I thought that uh fourth and fifth Tony Ferguson would pull pull away but by then he was beat down so much I have a full reaction I had a main event watch along for that so make sure you guys check that out Anakin JMT says Reigns was on a poster during Money in the Bank Eh, I mean come on what did you think of the landscaping at the top of uh, Titan Towers? I was wondering why they had trees up there. <laughs> yeah, like, they had trees on the roof. They had shrubbery up on the roof. Well, we grow our own Christmas trees up here for December uh, and November decorations. A little bit surprising they had so much shrubbery up top. And you know what? You probably shouldn't have too much shrubbery in your basement. And by that, I mean your pubes. That's because support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. It's got the right tools to get the job done safely and hygienically. Father's Day next month, you know, we got we got done with all the mothers today. Now it's Father's Day coming up next month. You probably need a gift for your hairy-ass dad. He's probably rocking a dong fro like it's the 70s or the 80s. Don't let him do that. Make him proud this year. Get him and or yourself the Manscaped perfect package ah manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and they have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 i mean really you, you don't want them living in the past and the past is just full of dong hair and full of nasty horrible horrible smells and odors and all that you got to keep it clean down there. You got to keep it smooth. And you don't want to turn this into a horror movie. We're talking about all these cinematic matches. We don't want it to be a horror movie. We don't want it to be a comedy even. Maybe a thriller, but ultimately a drama, a romance. And there's no better way to make sure 
your significant other is in the mood by being well-groomed. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof. It's cordless. It's a body trimmer and it has a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. It's a third-generation trimmer that features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent those accidents. You don't want to gig. You don't want to look like Eddie Guerrero against JBL out there. If your wiener looks like that, you're in trouble. Stop imagining you or your dad just has it covered by by just using whatever. Don't do that. This thing has 7,000 RPMs. You'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver Refreshing Spray. The anti-chafing athletic boxer briefs. That way... That way it gets some air, gets some circulation. You know what I mean? Just just like all these these people did in the main event of Money in the Bank. They had to go out there and get some fresh air. I mean, really, in quarantine, I've been walking outside. I've been going, huh, and walking right back inside. And your wiener and balls can do that all day with these wonderful athletic boxer briefs. You can subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade to refill your mower trimmer. Delivered to your door every three months, making sure that your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. And you can get a free gift, the Shed Travel Bag, for a limited time. That's a $39 value right there. It's the perfect package for you or your dad. And for the females listening, you will appreciate this too. The products are cruelty-free, dye-free. They're vegan! Jeff, isn't that ironic? You're taking care of your shrubbery with something vegan. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Use the code FIGHTFUL. That's right. Manscaped.com, code FIGHTFUL. Save 20%. And how about this? Hit them up at Twitter, Manscaped. Tell them you heard about pube care from us. Say, you know what? I didn't even know that pubic hair could be trimmed until I heard from Sean Ross Sapp and especially Jeff Hawkins. Oh, yeah. And I used manscaped.com. Code Fightful. We've got lots of super chats here. Hannah Moore says, manscaping is for Mother's Day. We want you all to manscape. Hey, there you go. Take it from the most sponsored dong in wrestling media. All I could think of, there was an Onion headline today. It's like, mom served breakfast in bed after getting eaten out. Oh, no. Come on. We're a family show, Jeff. Oh, you're the one. Oh, give me a... B-Max. I'm the bad guy. Come on, Jeff. I'm the bad guy. Okay, Come on. Move on. on. They paid for that spot. (laughs) B-Max19 says, Corbin out here casually... Casually committing homicide. We got a ton of super chats about this main event. Rob Wilkins says... Uh, Brian Gewers tweeted, only thing not realistic in <laughs> Money in the Bank was Brother Love washing his hands after using the bathroom. <laughs> Shout out Rob Wilkins. Aaron Jay's fan says, who wants to say a few words for Ray and Black? Oh boy, are we going to get into that. Rex Joseph Calmerin said, I love the diehard Money in the Bank because it had music instead of Michael Cole commentary. Weird ending though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, Rob Wilkins says, shout out to Throwback predicting Otis winning. 
So we're going to talk about that right now. Throwback 27, our dude, who has got to be the biggest R-Truth fan right now because he's he's an honest-to-God Patriots fan, and we're about to see R-Truth go after all his old boys. He says, can't believe what I said happened. Otis winning can now force Otis to pick love or career and can set up Tucker to be on a bigger role, possibly for Dolph to make Otis pick before they flip things on Otis. Wow, holy crap. We can we can lead with that a little bit. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone, no pun intended, with Otis as a Money in the Bank winner. I think there is. I'm I'm hesitant because of our first conversation about tag teams. And I think Tucker and Otis are a phenomenal tag team. And they, I think there's a lot to Tucker that that people I mean, people give him his due, like the you know the the somersaults off off the pods at the elimination chamber. I mean, he's athletic as hell, and I just it feels feels like Otis is the star here. So yeah. we're gonna have to do something with Tucker that probably means turning him. That's the thing. Uh, like there there, I think there's a lot of options there. There's Tucker. There's Mandy. There's Sonya. There's Ziggler around right now, and there's a briefcase in between all of them, and. Tucker and Otis were brought up in a sink or swim situation because they were not great in NXT. Right. And they have been great on the WWE main roster. I think they've been awesome. For me, I would really just love the straight ahead story of, hey, Otis has friends who are rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And everybody stays friends the entire time during this journey. You know, there's another thing you could do. Someone could challenge Otis for the briefcase and beat him. Yeah. I mean, and they, there's there's that possibility that he's just a transition guy, and they just wanted the, the comedy spot there. I could see a situation where somebody uses Mandy against him to challenge for the briefcase, and then she even turns on Otis to join that person. Ooh, you want to make yeah. Otis sympathetic? Ooh, boy. Yeah, or I could, you know, I can also see them just going all the way with this at one of the first big stadium shows they do. Mm-hmm. Otis comes down, here's his chance, gets the belt, gets the girl, has his buddy there, and then that eventually causes tension down the road too. There, there's a lot of options here, a lot. Uh, Steven Turner says they should alternate between outside arena cinematic money in the bank generation matches for one gender, and alive for the other every other year. doesn't have to be HQ. It can be like a dark forest or a cruise ship. Well, the thing is, this is this is one of the few benefits they have of not being in front of a live crowd. Because if you advertise a match, I don't know if you're going to say, hey, this is going to be a cinematic match, so don't come to the, like, don't come to the show expecting this whenever you got fans back. I'm curious as if they're going to continue doing this, Jeff. The positive of this match being in this style is you didn't have a lot of the typical ladder spots where guys are landing on ladders, mm-hmm. getting hit by ladders, ending up getting hurt, et cetera, et cetera. You can do jump cuts. You can do other things here and still get the same impressions of it. Um, I don't see them doing this with money in the bank down the road. I don't either. I think that this is a product of the environment that we're in and will probably stay like that except in rare instances. I, I think they'll find a term to apply to matches like this to where you know ahead of time that matches will probably be like this. Yeah. 
And that way, if they want to do Sting versus Undertaker at some point, they can do it like that. And they don't have to make people think, you're going to see Sting and Undertaker in the arena. Undertaker just doesn't have the match, and this goes into the last ride. He doesn't have that, for lack of a better term, that second Triple H match in him anymore. No. And that would be the way to do that last match, to be honest with you, if he wants to go out, you know, still being the Undertaker versus struggling against Roman Reigns or getting a concussion against Brock Lesnar. I think it would be cool if they integrated both of them, too. If, like, it started off cinematic and they brawl out to the ring. Undertaker could have his last moment there, tombstoning somebody, pinning somebody, bidding adieu to the crowd. I think there, there are ways they can do both of those as well. And if these things keep being such a hit, I think they could do a lot worse than having like a, a pseudo closed circuit screening of something like that in, in a stadium. And maybe that being a break for some people, it can be a piss break for some people too. Like, eh, there's a lot yeah, of things you can do. My only fear is, I mean, they've they've done a few of these where they've mixed the two before. They 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 did the uh, was it the Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton match in the house. Yes. Where they kind of did that. And, you know, they love doing this with Bray Wyatt. Also, you know, hey, let's put maggots on the on the mat, you know, projecting it. They, they, they try these things. I just want them to whatever they do. I just want them to do it well. That's I would all. I would love to see like a documentary series. It's like the making of Hollywood backlot brawl, making of ultimate deletion, making of House of Horrors and then making of all this stuff, too. I think there's something really good in that. I mean, and. No, and then they'll probably do it eventually. You could do Ultimate Deletion because that's TNA. That could be a Fightful series, Sean Rossap. Uh, well, I mean, I, okay, whatever the one that they did in <laughs> WWE. Okay. No, what, whatever the that one, with one. The, new, the, the one with the – no, not the one with the new day. It was Bray no, and no, Matt Hardy. Yeah, that one. Fun fact, Matt Hardy has not won a singles match on TV since that month when he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. <laughs> Yikes. So, uh, Sean Murray says, disappointed in Money in the Bank, to be honest. Also, is WWE legally obligated to have at least one food fight a year? It seems like it. Dante says, Money in the Bank was good, but I hated the camera work with the rapid cuts and shaky cam. I'm with you, buddy. He says, had to look away a few times. Fumbling the briefcase looked weird. Why didn't they reshoot or rethink Nia's press on Lacey? That was the weirdest thing to me. Nia dropped Lacey. It didn't look good, and they didn't reshoot it. There was a lot of things they could have reshot in here if they but took the time. And The one thing. But I understand. The one thing. I mean, let's go ahead and get into this. The men and women are introduced at different places in the building. Asuka jumps onto the field. Baron Corbin breaks a mirror with a weight plate. This is part of the reason I can't take him seriously. Because he acts like he's an 11-year-old child. That, oh, no. Is, is Vince going to put me in timeout? What? so weird. Also, we just saw Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano do this, and they weren't worried about it. I guess maybe Papa H is a little more lenient, I guess. I don't know. But Brother Love's taking a dump in the bathroom. We see a lot of these cameos. Johnny Ace, who Otis throws a pie in his face. If I'm Kevin Owens, I'm calling up Otis and saying, Hey, buddy, I got some questions for you. Here you like throwing pies. Doink the Clown. But the worst one is Dana Brooke laying out Nia Jax and she grabs a briefcase in a boardroom. 
and it's full of money. And I think it was uh, Anakin JMT saying Dana Brooks should have been able to keep, keep the money in that briefcase. Yes, that should be her thing, is that she's showing up with like a McLaren at SmackDown. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something, because this is what drives me nuts, because I'm... There were certain parts of this I really I dug, but it was a lot of their worst creative instincts in terms of comedy come to life in terms of it's just performed poorly. So do they have board meetings where this suitcase full of money is hanging above the table and, you know, like you have these like mid-level execs. Then it's like, hey, we're going to have a little fun at this board meeting today. I want all of you to fight. You know, like that scene in The Dark Knight where he breaks the cue yes. stick and goes, we have, we have people who want upward mobility. Were people – was this an ordinary business day in the life of WWE where people are in their offices and stuff? Because for some reason, why are the McMahons and why is why is Heyman there in front of a spread of food? And it, it was just – you know, the I, I get people liked the cameos. I will not fault you for that. They're not they my okay. thing personally. But it was like it was like even like the brawling in it was just so it wasn't even like TV level stunt work. It was just like everything's in slow motion. You know, you have Dana Brooke running around with a sign around her head the whole time. My favorite spot it was in the beginning was Asuka just dancing in the elevator. I don't know why. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I just and I also did get there's no way these guys ran up the stairs that quick to be able to catch that elevator. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No way. And so Dana Brooke lays out Nia Jax, and she grabs this briefcase. And to me, one, it makes not, it makes Dana look dumb, and I hate that because she she's actually had some good showings. But Stephanie is there, <laughs> and it was so bad, and obviously she wasn't there. And her dialogue was garbage, Jeff. Dana, you know that line... You know that the uh, briefcase is on the top of the roof. Dana, you know that the briefcase is on top of the roof, right? <laughs> and the other – they just made Dana look bad. because There's a folding chair in that room. How did that get in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is bad. I do love AJ Styles getting PTSD from The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the beginning scene of Apocalypse Now, yeah. and he's Martin Sheen just reliving that. I, oh, I, man. And then, and then they lock him in the room in there. It's like, no, don't lock me in this room with this coffin, which we have in an office space. <laughs> Who was Doink, by the way? That's what I – that's the It was a horrible Doink. No, I thought it might have been Shane dresses Doink. It was so bad. It was bad. Uh, DJ Cass says, stemming off at Jeff about missed opportunities – Seems like there's nothing going on at Raw or SmackDown right now that's appointment viewing each week. Hard to disagree with that. Hard to disagree with that. So the men and women converge. They see Paul Heyman eating backstage. Otis calls for a food fight. And, of course, they do it. Uh, Shayna chokes out Ray. Nia and Otis squisher him. Then Nia slams Dana into a pop machine, power bombs Carmella through the table. And Otis hits Johnny Ace with a pie. To me, the highlight was AJ and Daniel Bryan brawling in Vince's office. As stupid and corny as it was, at this point I was just resolved to think it was all corny. But, to me, 
Vince McMahon's Tyrannosaurus Rex head being in canon now is important. I knew there was going to be a spot in the office. I I had kind of thought it was going to be just two guys brawling and brawling, and they're on the floor, and Vince is there just kind of at his desk, and he looks up, and the two guys look up, and they kind of apologize, and they sneak out. The way they did this, though, I they <laughs> the anti-comedy of just hanging on to Vince for that long while he's putting on hand sanitizer <laughs> i wanted to draw that out for another five minutes yeah. while he's just he's just doing that you know he's making sure everything on his desk is set he sits there sits at a desk for a moment goes outside looks in the hall i wanted them to draw that out because it was so it was ridiculously bad after that but if you're gonna go into anti-comedy go go big into it and just drive us nuts until we're oh, he should have even went again. back to the sanitizer for a second time even yes. after all that and well, wipe just down the sure. chairs as well you know just just yeah. whatever he needs to do in there just just have it go far too long than it should so they they brawl in and out uh this is cheesy but i thought it was in a fairly good way but the women are on the roof you get that sloppy gorilla press Asuka knocks Lacey onto Nia, and then she sees Corbin. She's like, piss off, and knocks him off too, which I thought was good for her, bad for Corbin, because he always looks like a joke. <laughs> Corbin, I'm going to the roof now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so bad. Where the hell else would you go, yeah. dummy? That's where you win the match. <laughs> Asuka wins Money in the Bank. We have Throwback 27. Our dude saying, is NXT in the loop for Asuka possibly after this? It'd be interesting to make Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey paranoid. Well, WWE says it's for their respective brand. That's what WWE says. I don't think it should be. I think she should have the ability to go anywhere with that. I don't think she should have the ability to wrestle anywhere, but I think she should have the ability to challenge for whatever title she wants. Take Asuka and Io Shirai, please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So then... (laughs) We've got Corbin throwing Mysterio and Alistair Black off the roof. <laughs> off a building. Which, it's unfortunate for them because previously, anytime somebody gets thrown off a roof, they come back and win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And that didn't yeah. happen. So, Paul White was better than any of us thought. Otis should really stop doing the Caterpillar in big match moments like this. I think it's just so stupid. Like, do your big elbow drop. That's fine. Do the Caterpillar in enhancement matches and regular SmackDown matches. I'm fine with that. But Styles and Corbin both had the briefcase. Elias appears, cracks Corbin with a guitar because that's got to keep going. And Otis catches the briefcase. Hot diggity dog. James O'Rourke says he thought AJ should have won, though. It would have made sense for AJ to have won that match, for sure. But... Otis wins the match. Asuka wins the match. I think there are interesting things they could do with both. They did just have Becky beat Asuka multiple times. So I'm like, eh, okay. Out of, I thought they tipped their hand a bit when they started advertising that Becky Lynch would confront the winner of the Money in the Bank briefcase. So it had to be somebody on Raw. They did. That said, I thought, okay, Shayna... You know, won that Survivor Series match. She's kind of a badass. 
She doesn't need the briefcase because she doesn't need to be the Weasley heel. She's a badass heel who could challenge at any time and you could build that up. I thought Naya needed it. I thought I thought in terms of in terms of that, she had just come back. She's the type of opportunist who would need the briefcase. I never in a million years thought that Asuka was going to be the one with this briefcase. I thought she was the forgotten one. And it makes me think maybe they don't have a lot of plans for Shayna. I, I don't know. I, I oh, it, That was one of they, those things they, where you They just have like, had plans for Shayna, and then they changed them. Yeah. And I know um, that for sure. I, I, you know, I thought that either Nia or Shayna was going to take out a male competitor. I thought they were going to make it Daniel Bryan. Instead, they made it Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I could also see Asuka cashing in on Bailey, and and going over there and then just having the change there because, I mean, they have a few built in, and they need – they basically need a work-rate person on the SmackDown women's side yep. to, to work with. Um, and this is no disrespect to the Naomi's or Carmella's or anything like that, but Asuka's a different level – and can work with Sasha and Bailey, and I think they, that it's needed. Otis, I've already gone into. I think it's going to be the big stadium type pop or whatever. I think, I think you move away from Otis in terms of reminding that he has the briefcase until you almost forget it. You're going to have people beating him down, saying he's not good enough, and then at the moment where you forget about him, he comes in and cashes into a giant pop. I would work out some sort of trade where you're trading the Kabuki Warriors. And somebody else for like the iconics, maybe. Well, or or the Kabuki Warriors for like heavy machinery. That way, you can mm. swap both briefcases, and you could send Mandy from SmackDown to Raw too. Get her away from Sonya Deville because that way you don't have to keep that feud going forever. Work somebody else in there and and have have a bit of parody and difference. And let's be real, Raw could probably use heavy machinery on their brand as well. I'm just wondering though about because uh, you're gonna keep Drew strong. I don't. Do you then have Otis fail in a cash in, or do you wait until you decide who you're gonna transition it off of him? It because, depends. It depends. I mean, that, I think that, it's easier. I think it's easier to transition the belt off of Braun than it is Drew. Yeah, they blow their wad with those those briefcases an awful lot too. Yeah, they they are just like bam. Brock Lesnar last year should have kept his briefcase indefinitely because. Not only does it make him more entertaining when he's on the show, it makes it more entertaining when he's not on the show because all you have to do is hit a note of his music and it's like, oh, is he cashing in right now? Yeah, they do. They do one of two ways. Either people cash it in that night, and that was going to be impossible on this one, it being the last yeah. match of the show, or it's the constant with the with them carrying it around and tapping it. Hey, I'm money in the bank, and then they, it's generally. Like they they decide, hey, we don't want to carry this on an airplane for more than two months, and they cash it in way too quick, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Um, well, Jeff, that was Money in the Bank. I thought that this show was a very easy watch. It was a pretty solid show, but what did you think? I thought it wasn't bad. I, I liked a lot of it. I Again, I thought the main event was just – it was poorly done. It was a great idea, but just not as well executed as I'd like. There were a couple of cute spots, but uh, – you know, overall, the stuff in at the performance center was quite good. I thought a lot of people arguing over who the clown was. It was supposed to be Doink, guys. It was supposed to be Doink. Matt Bourne's living in a yeah. There are people saying, somewhere. "Oh, Eric the Clown." It was supposed to be Doink. It was a shitty Doink. Yeah, yeah they the, played his music. 
when yeah, the money went down. Yeah. My God, guys, don't be ridiculous. It was supposed to be doing. Yeah, they brought back a bunch of people from the 90s and 2000s, but they wanted you to think it was somebody who had never been on TV before. Hey, how about Jesus. we fix Brother Love's tie before we, we give him the big spot, yeah. too? Because that was just embarrassing. Hannah Moore says, if Corbin would have left Asuka alone, he would have won. That's a good point. That's true. All That's true. Is... I, loved, I, loved, I loved Asuka smacking him in the head, though. I just... <laughs> if, if yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I do like that. It's like a, a bumblebee. She's not going to bother you unless you bother her. And yeah. she got bothered, so she stung him. I'm completely fine with that. I like that spot that. a lot. I yeah. like that spot. Reminder, guys, we have post shows for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. After every pay-per-view, we have all kinds of shows. We've got shows on Fightful Select. The backstage report goes up every single Monday where I give you 20, 25 minutes of exclusive news you'll only hear at Fightful. I do a Q&A show where I answer over 100 questions a week. If you want a more sour review of Raw or SmackDown, <laughs> you can get that from Alex Pawlowski. We have The Weekender from uh, Steven Jensen that covers everything non-Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. Also, if you're looking to kind of fill out some time throughout the week, uh, Joe Holbert and Jeremy Lambert, every Tuesday they've been reviewing a wrestling-related movie like Dave Bautista's Stuber. Uh, the, the, I think it's The Chaperone. I almost said The Champagne by Triple H. They're doing a uh, fantasy draft, basically, league from TEW on Saturdays. Lots of good stuff from Jeremy and Joe. There are shows for everything on Fightful. But, uh, Joe, or I called you Joe. Jeff, you got a show, too. First of all, if anybody was offended by my reading of the Onion headline, I sincerely apologize. I, I might have been a little out of line on that one. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Crap Game 13. I try and keep it clean there, too. Um, <laughs> do a show called Shake Them Ropes on the Voices of Wrestling Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino break down mostly the week in WWE. Sprinkling a little bit of AEW. We both have a little bit of love for the old school 80s territory, so we kind of compare modern product to that at times and things they can do. This past week's episode was mostly about uh, mostly our Money in the Bank preview, where I predicted Nia Jackson Otis would win. Um but yeah, we're we're there on all your various podcasting things, and then occasionally I come in here and I do a show, and I'm uh, happy to fill in. I appreciate you guys so much. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. If you're not, do it. YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Subscribe. I'll be on Quizzlemania again Wednesday to beat all those those uh, British jobbers up at wrestling quizzes and such. But hey, guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.